It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And we're going to jump right in with a story from Ohio. My name is Adam Ritz. Jay Baker with me. Hi, Jay. Hi, Adam. Found a company in Ohio, Duchess Convenience Stores, and they are doing their part to help out cancer research. This is pretty cool. Um, They have a rewards program, and when customers go into a Duchess and purchase items with the rewards program, they earn points. And based on the points and what you purchase, portions of those proceeds went to cancer research with the OSUCCC, James Cancer Hospital, and Solov Research Institute. Um, For purposes of uh, simplicity from this point forward, I'll call it the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center. That's uh, on social media. They're known as OSUCCC. If you search out at OSUCCC, you'll find them and see what they're all about. It's the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center. And Duchess Convenience Stores in Ohio recently raised, get this, are you ready? (laughs) This is a a stupid amount of money, $60,564.49. See, that's a lot of money. And that's amazing because you tend to think you go into the convenience store just for coffee and a donut, you end up contributing a significant amount just because everybody grouped together to do this. And you mentioned the coffee donut guy. He goes in, gets a coffee and donut. Maybe he knows he's helping. Maybe he doesn't. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, uh, there's a check cut to the uh, James Cancer Hospital in Columbus, Ohio for sixty over $60,000 from Dutchess Convenience Stores. And I know that you have done shows in the past on pediatric cancer, and that is... Some those are some of the most heartbreaking stories in medicine. So anybody that's doing research to enable cures for pediatric cancer, I, I'm I'm always my hat is off to them. And the next time you buy a, a coffee or donut, you might be helping out cancer research uh, somewhere in America. Tip of our hat to Duchess Convenience Stores in Columbus, Ohio, for helping out the community. Now we know you have choices in Ohio, but if you say must have coffee, must have donut. I say must go to Duchess. (laughs) I'm Adam Ritz. Jay Baker with me. This is the Adam Ritz Show. We're located online, adamritzshow.com. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Adam Ritz. Um, We're having fun with public affairs, and we need to thank our sponsor and underwriter, Vibonomics. This show presented by Vibonomics. They're located at vibonomics.com. They are an in-store audio experience solution. So, uh, if you walk into a brick-and-mortar building, a retail space, a public space even, outdoor speakers, theme park music, I like to say. If you hear something cool, whether it's music or voiceover messaging, really creating a vibe in a space, that's Vibonomics that you're probably listening to. And they're the title sponsor of our show, and we thank them for all their help and resources to make this show possible. Jay, I know uh, I always count on you to bring us the the best topics in the world of public affairs. What do you have today? Well, March is uh, rapidly upon us. And of course, you might imagine that March has a lot of different facets to it, not the least of which pretty exciting basketball tournament going on. But we're going to talk about an awareness, if you will. And this awareness is about a thing that 
everybody needs in their life. If you make any kind of self-improvement, you need to have this. Any type of improvement in your health and well-being, this is the absolute most integral part of it. What do you think that that might be? Well, I'll start with oxygen. Oxygen um, is important. Uh, this is actually food might be a, a close second. Food is very good as well. <laughs> Ironically, if you say to yourself, "What makes wait, wait, wait. life internet access?" <laughs> wait, wait. All the cable channels. Apps. Wait. Apps. Both appetizers and apps on my phone. Absolutely. A Grubhub account. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. No, we're talking about sleep. There is a sleep sleep, yes. sleep awareness third, month. That's third on my list after uh, oxygen, food, then sleep. Well, if you have apps, you're going to be sleepy yes, afterwards. You're yes. going to know absolutely about that. Believe it or not, and this follows the Adam Ritz rule of, uh, of social awareness and internet awareness, uh, most of the information that we got for today's show is found on sleepfoundation.org. They have tons of information. Sleep is critically important, as we all know. Even sleepfoundation.org doesn't have a set amount of sleep that's required. It differs for people. If it dips below six hours a day, you start to have what is known as sleep deprivation. Now, I got to interrupt. I was nodding off there and wasn't really paying attention. I didn't really get much sleep last night. Did you say is is March National Sleep Month or is, well, there, there is, is a, a sleep... sleep awareness week within okay. March because sleep awareness week because there's so many topics we're going to cover during March. I, that's my teaser. March is going to be the best ever month for this show, and we're starting with Sleep Awareness Week. Sleep so that awareness. tells you the, the amount of content we have, and if you are driving. right <laughs> Right now, please do not sleep, but please use these tips to enable a good night's sleep later. Pull over right now, lean the seat back, take a nap while we tell you about National Sleep Awareness Week. One of my uh, favorite of all podcasts uh, had a little segment on meditation, and uh, they had a woman guest on, and she starts to talk about meditation. And instantly the host goes, whoa, 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 that's great, but remember, people might be driving while <laughs> Can you imagine? Close your eyes, relax, as your car drifts into oncoming traffic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's relaxing for you, but not for the other drivers. <laughs> so at, at any rate, even the Sleep Foundation people have never come up with a precise amount of sleep that you need, and it does vary. Uh, throughout your life. Now, back in your college days, Adam, about how many hours of sleep would you get a night? Uh, in college, I'd say it was probably around, now this is might not be the answer you're looking for, but probably around nine or 10. That's pretty good. I so mean, I, sleep was important uh, yeah, for you. I, I slept uh, very well. Typically, college students are getting in the five to seven hour range. So that's why I was kind of asking well, about remember, that. Remember, I was a liberal arts student, so I had <laughs> nine or 10 hours to sleep. I wasn't in the uh, School of Engineering. What it was, uh, Adam. Very, my, my studies, I guess my finals week, uh, I, I dipped down to seven hours a night during finals week. <laughs> I think what you're trying to say is while pouring over the books all day, you'd get a great night's sleep to really cement that information into your, into your cranium. Absolutely. Now, as we get a little bit older, of course, uh, sleep uh, can change. And then ironically, as you get older, insomnia tends to be one of the number one problems uh, as you age and sleep. So don't know how many hours you're getting now. I try to get between seven 
and eight and a half if I can. And that seems to be sort of a healthy range. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a good solid eight hours. You know, Very good. I, I don't know if that's just good marketing because that's what you always hear is you, you always need hear eight, eight hours of sleep. Yes. And, and um, I know typically, you know, they, they use the phrase, you spend a third of your life in bed. Mm-hmm. You and I uh, are engaged in marketing throughout the week. So we always think that, boy, if I was going to promote a mattress shop, I would say, yes, you spend a third of your life in bed, make it great. And that's typically what you hear from mattress manufacturers. I will say I, I play head games with myself. And if I have a night where I get five or six hours of sleep, I have talked myself into both consciously and subconsciously into believing that I will be a zombie for the entire day if I only get five or six hours of sleep. Because I'm just thinking, tell yourself that. I'm just saying every step I take through the day is I didn't get eight hours of sleep last night. It's, it's one of those things where, once again, it preys on your mind. The mm-hmm. mental aspects of sleep are pretty profound, as you might imagine. In fact, uh, if you want me to, I will talk to you a little bit about what constitutes great sleep and how you can kind of keep it going. They've identified, I mean, you were in health training for a long time, and you have some health uh, training clients that you still work with. What, didn't you always urge your clients to get as good a night's sleep as possible to help their physical well-being? Without question. Athletes, uh, both pro and amateur, one of the top tenets to be uh, at at your full capacity is sleep, for sure, rest. And, you know, international athletes have that problem of they're constantly traveling. Uh, Even NFL players have to travel, spend a night in that city, and then go play football the next day, and they have to play it at a top level. Uh, If you stick to a sleep schedule, same bedtime, same wake-up time, this helps regulate your body's clock. And they also say you should do this even on the weekends. Is your sleep schedule different on the weekends? Oh, for sure. Without question. Um, I I cannot wait to sleep in until the weekends, Ah. right? So... So I probably don't go to bed much later, but for sure, I don't set the clock and I get up when I wake up. So you so do wake a little ab- later. For sure. No, I don't sleep till noon or anything. Part of um, my problem is I go to bed almost every night. I mean, it sounds same bad, time. nine o'clock, just because that's that just works with my work schedule. Uh, but I find that on the weekends, because I'll get booked mm-hmm. to MC events and like I'm, I'm doing one this Saturday, and the woman says, oh, yeah, no, it finish, finishes up around 11 o'clock. Now, you and I both know that's not very late, and in our backgrounds, 11 o'clock, you go, well, the evening's young. But now yeah. it's kind of like, I hope I don't fall asleep at their podium at 930. You know? So, you know, a lot of the listeners uh, working third shift, uh, maybe you're driving home from work right now as you're listening to this show. Um, you know, that, that steady sleep and being on a schedule, it's really amazing how no matter what time of day you work and when you wake, wake up, when you go to bed, you worked in morning radio for, for decades. I, I know I have a lot of friends that still work in morning radio. Uh, the thing that's always cracked me up about morning radio people is they get up at morning TV as well. You, you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You, yes. get, you get up at 2.30 in the morning to go to work. So when I talk to one of my radio buddies who sleeps in on Saturday, and they, they get up at like 5.45 in the morning on Saturday, that's sleeping into them. That's slept, and that I'm was like, sleeping in, yes. I would, there, there's no universe where I'm getting up at 5.45 in the morning unless I have to make a flight. <laughs> well, and it was funny you said that because not only did I work morning radio for years, once I worked in the middle of the day in radio, it was hard to unlearn that habit. It was exactly as you said. 
Still to this day, on the weekends, I wake up about 6 a.m. It's really strange. I don't know what it is. It, it's like, and, and as you said about sleep patterns, absolutely. And that is known as your circadian rhythm. And that, in, you know, if you think about cicadas, they have a circadian rhythm. And it's what it is. It's an area of your brain called the hypothalamus. And that controls your sleep. And it's usually uh, most closely associated with light and darkness. Apparently, the part of your brain that's just, you know, goes back to caveman responds to light and dark. That's why a lot of times um, in the wintertime or times when in the Midwest where we don't get a lot of sunlight in the, in the winter during the day, your body clock can be thrown off because you just have this feeling of, oh, it's dark all the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, And once again, they say that what this does is really uh, underscore going to bed and waking up at a similar time really helps that. They say that you should practice a relaxing bedtime ritual, um, maybe kind of get away from bright lights, uh, any activity that causes excitement, stress, or anxiety, uh, anything that makes it difficult to fall asleep, you should probably get away from. So do you have a relaxing thing that you do prior to bedtime? Uh, you know, I turn on, I do have music on. I, I put on uh, this music player I have that lasts about an hour. So after an hour, it, it turns off and I have silence after that. Because if it plays audio all night, I'll, I'll end up waking up. Right. I, I will wake up at two or three in the morning and, and turn it off. Um can't fall asleep with the television on. I do need darkness. Um, sometimes, you know, I had a, an old cable box that had a big bright blue light on it, and I'd have to. I had a sock. I put a sock over it because it was just. I don't know what it was about this blue light, but it's it. It didn't even light up the room that much, but I saw it and it kept me awake. So I had one pair of socks that I couldn't wear because one of the socks was hanging over that blue light. Blue light. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's not unusual. In fact, dark is the one thing that they do say for your bedroom. Um, you know, there's all kinds of little mood lighting things and night lights and different things. But they say if you can, in your actual bedroom, go totally dark. So that blue light was not doing you any favors. Have you had uh, any experience with the um, sound machines? Whether it's a brook or a, or ocean waves or white noise, you know I've never um, used one. I know people are real big on um, those box fans because they make a similar noise to white noise. I've also heard of people tuning the television away from a channel that's present because that shh yeah. sound, that traditional sound, is a white noise. Yeah, I have. There was a sort of a Brookstone. Remember the stores Brookstone and yes. Sky Mall. They they sold these uh, noise machines, white noise, with all kind of options on sound effects like a, a mountain breeze or the ocean surf or or like we said, white noise. Uh, prior to iPhones and apps and all, everything you can get online now. Uh, but I had a buddy who had four kids, uh, early, probably pr- late 90s, early 2000s, uh, had two or three of these white noise machines in throughout his entire upstairs. And I couldn't, I, you know, we'd travel together and spend the night, and I, I couldn't sleep in his house because it was just... <sighs> Constantly, right for ten hours straight, not relaxing. at a high at a high volume, right. And I don't know if for his family, if that was, uh, you know, w- when you're a baby, if that's what you, if that's what you live with every night, you're not going to notice it. And and that's 
normal to you or silent, even silence to you, the white noise is, so that him and his wife could be downstairs watching the Marvel Universe on DVD. I don't know. They could, but or that maybe the wood floors creak too much, and they needed that white noise so everybody just would fall asleep. But when outsiders come in, it was off-putting to hear that much white noise that loud. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, though? As you said, you know, one man's relaxation is another man's. Yeah, you're screaming and yelling to turn I, it off. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you have trouble sleeping, they say you should avoid naps, especially in the afternoon. Now, if you find you can't fall asleep at bedtime, eliminating even short cat naps may help you. Um, are you a napper? Some people are. You know, without question. Uh, I, I would enjoy a nap right now, as a matter of fact. I don't, I, I'm not a napper. I don't nap. I don't have time to. But uh, I have noticed if I go home, let's say it's 6 p.m., I'm beat. If I don't even plan on taking a nap, I just sit down. I still have my coat on. Uh, and I haven't even turned on a light yet, but I sit down just to catch my breath. If I fall asleep and wake up 22 minutes later, that is the best 22-minute nap ever and I can get through the rest of the night, it's amazing how much a quick nap can really help. It, it usually can in the, used in that way, but yes, if you take a long nap, that may really throw off your good night's sleep. And so, I've done that too, where you lay on a weekend, you lay down around 4 o'clock, and all of a sudden you take a four-hour nap, and now it's 8 o'clock at night, and you're wide awake. It really throws you morning. off. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're watching Canadian <laughs> curling on the outdoor channel. <laughs> it's one thirty in the morning. You're ordering stuff. Hey, that sounds good. Oh, look, they'll send me two for one. Oh, my I gosh. need the space satellite, hey, you, or you the space satellite radio. Adam cleaned out the junk drawer. What happened? He took a four-hour nap on Saturday. He is wide awake. It's <laughs> 1 a.m. He's having the best day of his life. They do say you should exercise daily. Vigorous exercise is best, but even light exercise is better than no activity. Exercise at any time of the day, but not at the expense of your sleep. They oftentimes say that if you do exercise, that you should probably have a period of about 90 minutes or more between ending exercise and then going to bed. I could never work out and then just go right to bed. Yeah, yeah. you'd be a little up. wound yeah. up, and you, even your body temperature would be a little bit different, which which goes to uh, evaluate your room, design your sleep environment to establish the conditions you need for sleep. Your bedroom should be cool between 60 and 67 degrees. I have never been around anybody that likes the hot bedroom. And you'll appreciate this. As you get older, that temperature that you sleep at becomes hyper-specific. And it can be even one or two degrees can prevent you from falling asleep. And you probably have seen commercials for mattresses that help regulate temperatures because they've identified it's a key element to your sleep. You know, I had a uh, – this is something that it doesn't even really exist anymore, I don't think. Um, when you start talking to like younger employees at the at, at your job about your college experience versus theirs, we had in my fraternity we had what we called a cold air dorm. Have you heard of a cold air oh, dorm? Yes. Very for, common. Your time yeah. in college. So on the attic level, the fourth level of our fraternity house, there was a hundred bunk beds, and that's where you slept. So your room. On the first or second or third floor was where your couch was and your clothes and some furniture. Um, that's where you do your homework and have social time, eat pizza, watch the game. But you slept up in the attic in the cold air dorm. And there was no uh, heat or air conditioning. So in the hot 
summer months, it was burning up there. And in the winter, it was brutally cold. I mean, it was if it was 20 degrees outside, it was 24 degrees in the right. cold air dorm. Most of the windows were broken out, too. So everybody had three or four electric blankets on their bed. Maybe <laughs> totally two. safe. Very safe. I mean, extension cords everywhere. <laughs> we're going to cover that on another show. The, the late 80s, <laughs> early 90s, cold air dorm safety was not a, a factor. Um, but I... I never liked sleeping in the cold. To this day, you said, who likes to sleep in the heat? I don't like cold. I don't turn up the, the heat, but per se, but I, I don't like sleeping in the cold. And that might be from spending that could, time there as an Arctic explorer. It could be the, the, the torture I endured in the Big Ten. It could <laughs> yes, be. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, it, and it is interesting, and maybe for you, you don't have that specific temperature range, but that is – uh, a very key element. And if you are having some trouble sleeping, something certainly that you might want to look into, which goes to sleep on a comfortable mattress and pillows. Certainly during our collegiate career, mattress quality was ultra low. In fact, I knew a guy in our fraternity house, ironically, who slept, I think, most of his undergrad career on a pullout bed with that famous iron bar in the small of his back and a mattress that was probably an inch and a half tall. He seemed to do okay, and he's doing well now. I was going to ask, is he okay now? He's fine I, now, but you're right. That's uh, not what you would look for. In an optimal adult setup, you want to have a great mattress and a great pillow. Now, with so many mattress choices, you can undoubtedly find uh, what, you, what you're looking for. You and I work for a company where we promote different businesses, and there are literal mattress superstores where you could go out and try dozens if not hundreds of different mattresses. Now, you, you got to be careful because you'll get confused, but you can find an optimal mattress nowadays. And, and mattresses range in price anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000, depending on the uh, features. But you do want to probably buy the best mattress you can afford because this is a, a commitment to your sleep and well-being. They say a mattress shouldn't be more than 9 or 10 years old before you think about replacing it. I know some of the famous mattresses I slept on in my young radio career, Probably, I probably bought them used at 10 years, which you know nowadays thinking about buying a used mattress has a high ick factor. But I remember uh, you know, being a young disc jockey, and it's like uh, we bought uh, furniture from the used furniture store, and lo and behold, hey, they had mattresses, Adam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I recently replaced a mattress that was about eight years old, and the new mattress made a world of difference. But the part of that that made a bigger difference in the mattress was actually the pillow. The pillow technology now is pretty impressive. You know, we chuckle a little bit at the my pillow guy who's on at 3 in the morning selling you pillows. But there's a lot to be said about pillows and even something as simple as whether you sleep on your back or on your side makes a big difference. You get the right pillow, it increases your ability to sleep well. I recently saw a story about a mattress, since you bring up mattresses, and this one is amazing. Ford Motor Company, the world-famous car company, now produces a mattress for sale. Have you heard about the Ford I have mattress? Not. It's um, Well, now, I'm trying to see if it's for sale. Uh, it could just be a prototype. Like a prototype or something but they took this, to a car show. It's called, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> sure. It's the Ford Lane Keeping Bed. Okay. So for the couples out there who argue about 
uh, someone sneaking over the middle line and getting on your side of the bed. So you you know I'm sure people like to snuggle or spoon or or have um, some comfort time where you're right next to each other. But maybe in the middle of the night you need your space. Right. And all of a sudden you're on the edge of the bed and your spouse is right next to you. So it's almost as if you have you're not in a twin bed now. You are in a ten inch wide bed yeah. because there's the edge and then there's your spouse right next to you. Well, the Ford Lane Keeping Bed is a mattress that is actually a conveyor belt. So when it senses you on the edge as a couple right. or even a single person on the edge of the bed, the, the bed adjusts and conveyor belts you over to the middle. And it does that through the night. So, so it actually scoots the offending spouse over and then gives you some room. Yes. Yes. And I always wondered if you could hack it so that when it, when it overcorrects, it just keeps rolling and shoves your spouse off the other <laughs> side of the bed. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I had the lane control all wrong. Yeah, Ford did it. You know I still love you. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to put a link to this. It's on YouTube right now, and it's pretty, That's it's very pretty cool funny. to watch. But it's kind of cool technology I'm if the you link think on about our, it. on our website, adamridgeshow.com. We'll put this video of the Ford lane-keeping bed, is which excellent. could increase your sleep. Because you, well, you wake up in the middle of the night if someone's shoving you off the edge of the bed. Well, that was what was funny about doing the research for this show. There is an amazing amount of technology associated with sleeping, which we may not even be able to get to that. Maybe we'll do another sleep show in the future. This is a, a, a big topic, as you might imagine. So back to our tips about sleep. They say avoid alcohol, cigarettes, and heavy meals uh, right before you sleep. Uh, eating big or spicy meals can cause discomfort from indigestion that can make it hard to sleep. And if you can, avoid eating a large meal for two to three hours before bedtime. Try a light snack 45 minutes before bed if you're still hungry. Here's my – now, this might not be official. This this uh, this might not be the best advice you ever receive. But here's my advice on how to use sleep to help your diet. Okay. If <laughs> – I've done, just admit <laughs> no, it if no, you've done I, this. I'm listening. It's around 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Right. You haven't eaten dinner yet. And I'm not advising you to skip meals. Uh, but there is intermittent fasting that's encouraged on, on several levels from several nutritionists. They say so it's very healthy. I like to incorporate intermittent fasting with my sleep schedule to avoid calories. I'll just, at 7.30, 7.45, I'm done with the day. I've, I've accomplished all I was going to accomplish. All I'm going to do from this point out, out is just stay up, watch a movie I've seen 10 times, and eat chips. So I just say, you know what? I'm going to go to bed. And I'll go to bed at 8 o'clock at night, and, and I'll be asleep within a half an hour, and I didn't eat 2,000 calories worth of Pringles. That's absolutely a, a brilliant plan because have you you've ever done gone, two things. Have you ever gone to sleep to avoid eating a hot fudge sundae? You know – I haven't because this is going to sound so bad what I'm about to tell you. We reveal so much of ourselves in this show. Not only could I not avoid a hot fudge sundae, I have purposely never purchased, because it's ironic you said hot fudge because it's one of my favorite things to eat. I have not purchased ice cream or hot fudge sauce for my house now for over 10 years because I have no ability to resist. Those two items. <laughs> now, there's chips in the house, so I'm not acting yeah. like, you know, I'm a Puritan. You're not a saint. No, but it's just one of those things where but, – but you raise a great point. If it were getting to be about 7, 38 o'clock, ironically, the guideline is you probably shouldn't eat. So you're right. And intermittent fasting under the right condition, 
very good for your health. So ironically, uh, sleep is good for your health. Intermittent fasting can be good for your health. You've combined two great concepts. Yeah. So if you ever you know see me out, I'm looking good. I'm thin. I'm in shape. It's it's not because I work out. It's because I'm going to bed early. <laughs> you actually have that those pillow marks on the side of your face when you yeah. come into work. Yeah. He's getting a lot of sleep. He's losing weight. <laughs> well, I will tell you the the flip to that is a good friend of mine. Uh, had some sleep problems, and I believe they put him on a very popular. So I won't mention it because it's, it's not worth mentioning uh, the actual medication. But he found himself that this particular medication would make him wake up sometime around one or two o'clock. He's still in that sort of sleep pattern, so he's not sleepwalking, but he's very sleepy. But he realizes, man, I'm really hungry. That was one of the side effects of the medicine. So while it was overall helping his sleep. He ended up putting on about 10 or 15 pounds over the course of three months because he'd go downstairs and start eating. Very odd. So, yeah. you know, once again, any of these things can affect a great night's sleep. So, um, Well, as you celebrate National Sleep Awareness Week this March, we uh, hope you have your National Sleep Awareness tree up by now with all the ornaments on. Uh, we'll have a link to all of this information on the website, adamridgeshow.com. Uh, Jay, I'm hoping one of us in the future gets this Ford bed with the conveyor belt technology. It's, I love it. Uh, if anybody listening, I encourage you, you have to Google this. YouTube it, look it up. It's pretty amazing. And it's kind of funny to think, how did we go this long into our lives without somebody thinking of this? <laughs> Obviously, somebody who's married thought of this invention. Absolutely. So we appreciate you climbing aboard with us on this uh, public affairs yacht. Jay, until next time, thank you so much for being a part of this. Hey, thanks. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.